2: Well, hello there, everyone, and welcome to the Wednesday Night Wars podcast here on Fightful, Fightful Fightful Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com, YouTube.com slash Fightful. I'm Mr. Warren Hayes sitting in for Sean Ross who's not with us this evening. He's off uh, covering Dana White's House of Madness, but we are here to cover our own form of madness in the form of uh, the Wednesday Night Wars between NXT and AEW. NXT and AEW Dynamite was another evening of wrestling we're blessed but you know we we take everything that we do with a lot of joy and pride here at Fightful so head on over to Fightful.com or FightfulWrestling.com if you don't want to be bothered about all that MMA and boxing nonsense where you can check out all sorts of articles from uh from all of the staff who cover wrestling from A to Z including Jeremy Lambert who's joining us this evening sitting in for Warren Hayes who's usually in that see Jeremy how you doing
3: I'm doing well. Uh, big, big shoes to fill being in your seat, Warren. But I will try no, my best. No, they're really not that big, but thank you nonetheless. <laughs>
2: uh, otherwise, you can also head on over to Fightful Select and subscribe to that. Fightful Select is always one of the best ways to support Fightful and everything that we do. You get a whole bunch of extra content, extra podcasts. You have Sean who does a Q&A session there where he answers like uh, 60,000 questions a week. Uh, you have uh, extra list and your boy content there. And you also have Alex Palowski, who has Sour Graps there, where he reviews Raw and SmackDown uh, au goût du jour, uh, which is always kind of sour, kind of grapsy. And that's Alex Palowski right here, who does that twice a week. How you doing,
4: Alex? It's true. It would be weird if I called my show Sour Graps. There was neither sourness nor, nor grapsiness. But, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I'll stop doing a negative show when they start doing good shows. And sadly, I think it's going to be a a while. It's going to be a while. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. I, twice a week, I review uh, Raw and SmackDown. If there's a pay per view, I'll find a way to throw in my two cents about that thing. Uh, yeah. Hey, craziness going on on Raw and SmackDown. If you uh, hate it as much as I do, I don't think it's actually possible. But tune in and watch me on Feifel Select every week, twice. Uh, there's
2: a week. Uh, Alex is a, is the uh, the king at what he does. If you like to complain about wrestling, he's your guy. FightfulSelect.com, yeah. go check it out. Uh, and of course, if you're watching live here on, uh, on YouTube right now, as we're recording, you can draw, drop us a super chat and uh, we will read your question or comment on the air. Uh, and uh, you know, I know Sean, he tries to mix and match the uh, uh, some of the topics that you guys and gals drop in as super chats as we go along. I'll try to be as proficient and stylistic as he can, but I will start off by uh by by reading off Anakin's uh super chat. Thank you very much Anakin. It says tonight was a good night for defending champs. Broserweight was not a good night, excuse me, for defending champs. Broserweight's lose the tag titles and Sean somehow loses to Luke he Hashtag #conspiracy. Yeah, you know what? They they ganged up on him, right? We're going to talk Of course we're going to talk about the uh uh the uh, Broserweight's more the whatever you want to call them a little later on but uh, yeah there was a conspiracy where they had to pile three guys from wrestle talk on Sean I uh, and not to mention you know I find it kind of weird that No Way Jose sort of ducked Sean on that one uh that was kind of strange um Anakin says Warren did, did did you find out for with another super chat by the way again thank you did you find out what happened to your regular <laughs> regular food delivery driver this is getting ridiculous uh on my twitter I posted at some point that I've been posting about my Uber driver. I've been getting the same Uber driver over and over, and it bears mention because his his name is Venus, and he's kind of become a mascot over there. And no, I haven't found out. I ordered some stuff this weekend. A guy named Paul delivered my order. It wasn't Venus. It was Paul. Something sketchy's going on there with Uber Uber Eats. Sean Planet Stasiak left us a super chat. uh, Says, uh, happy Alexa Bliss is a seven-time champion. Money in the Bank winner. Awesome. Uh, And uh, Michael Morgan left a a super chat as well. Thank you very much. As Jericho is going to somehow get that damn bat over. Yeah, I mean, he he got a cone on his head over. They got a t-shirt. That's just what he does. So, guys, Alex, since you're the uh, since you're the Wednesday night war vet, we're going to start with you. Who won tonight, NXT or AEW?
4: Uh, it's 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 really close. It always is. It's really. I'm going to say NXT. Jeremy.
3: I'll say AEW just to go against Alex here as we battle for the rest <laughs> of the show. My god. <laughs> and I have to veto this. And
2: these were again. It was another it was another very even evening of shows, but I think I think NXT edges out a little bit. So we're going to start with NXT tonight <laughs> starting off with Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher versus Imperium for the NXT Tag Team Championships. Uh, Thatcher and uh, Bartell actually uh, early on in the match have a really good exchange, and they're former buddies, former ring Kampf pals. They have some great uh, groundwork to start. Uh, Riddle, of course, has some great power moves. Riddle tries to get a hot tag uh, onto uh, as he's uh, struggling with uh, Bartell, so he tries to monkey flip Bartell. Uh, well, actually, he does. It doesn't just try; he succeeds. But Bartell lands onto Timothy Thatcher that knocks him off the ring. And Thatcher just walks away. Riddle like screams out. Like in... uh, uh, Just as if someone was tearing his daughter away from his arms. Come back! What are you doing? Riddle tries his best to fight off both members of Imperium. He hits a bro to sleep. The final flash. But he eats a spine buster and a PK. And Imperium hits their European uppercut bomb. And win the NXT game. Titles, we have new champions, Alex.
4: Yep, yeah. Um, <laughs>
2: I, I was, I was sort of hoping, yeah.
4: I was, no, I do have more, I do have more than that. I'm just saying, I was watching it like when, when, when the, when the thing happened, when, when Thatcher got knocked off, off the, off the apron and, and just bailed. I was like, oh crap, they must, they must know Pete's not coming around for a while. Uh, because I think that Broserweights thing was good to go for months. Like, Dunn and Riddle had so much chemistry. They were so good in the ring together, all that stuff. I felt like that could have lasted forever. And they were like, okay, well, we got we to gotta do something about this. Dunn's not here. Let's do the Thatcher thing. Uh, and they were like, mm, well, Dunn's not coming back for a long time. So let's let's get it on an actual team that knows each other that are supposed to be champions. And that that makes sense. Um, i don't I don't know if Bart Bartel and, and um and Eichner are probably going to be transitional champs to somebody who I don't know somebody mentioned this to me on on Twitter uh I guess they realized that Indu share was uh not quite as good they they both kind of wrestle like share like they're they're definitely do not feel like they have a lot of experience in the ring. Those guys are as green as Kermit's butthole like that's that they do not. Look like they're ready for prime time, so it's it's good that they decided to get that out of the way and not do that anymore. The other thing I was thinking is like, well, I mean, as much as I'm gonna hate to see the Broser weights like done at least for now, at least we're gonna get some pretty badass Timothy Thatcher versus Matt Riddle uh, matches out of it. I didn't think we were getting one tonight.
2: No, well, <laughs> bonus. We'll get to that a little later because after the match, Thatcher and Riddle brawl. And then a little later on, Riddle, I guess he's talking to, he's talking to um, general manager William Regal, uh, who, uh, who uh, grants him a match with Thatcher. And Thatcher attacks him again, cracks a monitor across his back. So that was a setup, but we'll come to the main event in a little bit. Next, we got uh, Tegan Knox versus Indy Hartwell. Uh, of course, this was an enhancement match for Tegan Knox. Uh, she hits a choke slam and an uppercut into an enziguri followed by an inverted cannonball. She finishes the match with the shiniest wizard. Uh, Indy Hartwell is a great prospect. She has a lot of potential. It's a good signing by NXT. Uh, if they, uh, the PC is a perfect place for her to really, uh, hone her craft. And, uh, this is a good win for Tegan Nox. she looked great. Alex, any thoughts on the match?
4: um, no, I mean, I think Andy Hartwell does have uh, is a lot of potential. Just, just her look and everything. I, I, I do feel like it was interesting. But when, when, when Marl mentioned that she's uh, half Chilean, half Italian, but born in Australia, uh, don't let Vince McMahon get a hold of her because she's gonna be like, like wearing one of those outback crocodile dungy hats, and but she'll be like making pizzas. Like he just let do not let him find out that she's like. Like half these things, which are totally opposite each other, but she's from Australia. Oh, all bets are off with poor Indy Hartwell. Um, Tika Knox, yes, this is this is a good momentum for her. I, I love that they had uh, later in the night, they had a really good video package about Dakota Kai uh, and Rachel Gonzalez, uh, formerly Reina Gonzalez. Um, so, but they weren't actually directly connecting them. To Tegan Knox, so I like that they can they can be separate for a while. They'll always have an opportunity to come back and, and fight each other more. But um, but yeah, I'm Tegan Knox. Moving on outside of the Dakota Kai thing is really good for her right now. We get a uh, Rhea Ripley backstage interview
2: or segment vignette, whatever you want to call it. Uh, where she uh, says that uh, it sickens her that Charlotte is walking around with the NXT title and uh, she's the person who's going to bring the title back to NXT and uh, she's going to do it if she has to beat it into EO, so be it. And we're getting uh, Rhea versus EO Shirai next week. Um, and this is going to lead me into a super chat from Trickster, thank you very much, who, said Rio ha- who says, Rio has been com- uh, coming off Coming across, excuse me, as whiny the last two weeks. She picked a fight against Charlotte and lost clean to her. She's got zero legs to stand on. Alex, something tells me you have some thoughts on how Rhea Ripley is being booked right now.
4: It's, it's, it, is, it is weird. I mean, if they had, if they had done something to protect her uh, in that Charlotte match, uh, you know, Charlotte got one up on her while the ref's back was turned or something... But she tapped out, clean, and so yeah, her coming around and saying, "I want my title back." Like, I know you do, but you don't really have a lot of ground uh, to stand on with this thing. Uh, and I think Io has as much right to a rematch as anybody because she had her uh, number one contendership match versus um, versus Charlotte, and Charlotte intentionally disqualified. To me, that's an automatic one-on-one rematch for Io. Like Charlotte said, I don't, I don't want to wrestle you anymore. I don't feel like William Regal wouldn't stand for that. He'd be like, no, 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 mm-hmm. no. no, restart this match or know what, next week we're going to do this again. And Charlotte, if you disqualify yourself next week, you lose the title. Like, I feel like that's something that the William Regal that I know that I've been watching for years would have done something like that. Rhea Ripley just inserting herself in there because she feels like she should have won. As much as I love Rhea, it doesn't really play as well as she thinks it does.
3: She shouldn't have hit her finisher in 90 seconds at WrestleMania so Charlotte could kick out. No,
2: that's that's definitely (laughs) a thing. um, But we're getting Rhea versus Io next week, uh, Jeremy. Jeremy. is it, is it a little too soon for this? Because it kind of feels like a marquee match. And um, I think a lot, of, uh, a lot of us are a little, we're left a little, um, uh, still a little hungry for more Charlotte versus Io. You, what do you think about uh, Rhea and Eo being delivered to us next week?
3: Look, I always want Charlotte. Why wasn't Charlotte on this show? She's going to be on SmackDown. Can't wait for her to be on Raw. I think she's going to be on The Bump next week as well. She'll probably be on After the Bell. Uh, She's on the Distractions TEW series. We need more of the Queen, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, As far as Rhea and Io goes, it's a fine match. They've completely lost me with Rhea over the past couple of months. Like She was super hot coming out of the Baszler match. And then the Charlotte stuff just... I thought that was the wrong tone, that entire feud. The match was good at WrestleMania, but she lost. And then as Alex said, now she's just kind of like coming back. She's bitter. She's angry and just throwing herself in the mix. Like you lost.
4: I I, I feel like it was absolutely the wrong call to have Charlotte beat Rhea at WrestleMania. It was absolutely the wrong call to do that. Once they did it in the way that they did it, now you got to build the story off of that. You can't go back and, and pretend that, you tapping out clean to Charlotte didn't happen. Mm-hmm. It did. It shouldn't have. They never should have booked it that way. But once they did, now you got to figure out what you're doing from there. Anakin leaves
2: it as us another super chat, says, Alex, it makes me sad that you can't enjoy more about Raw and SmackDown. It's not Raw <laughs> fall 2018 bad, Alex.
4: I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to quibble. Let's not split hairs here. It's pretty bad. It's it's pretty bad. <laughs> DGMC leaves us a super chat. Says, weren't any good Bill Goldberg
2: stories lately? No, there's no such thing as those. And Anita Dick
4: <laughs> says Alex has better beard than Lamberta. Oh. I don't know. Yours is yours is yours seems to be quaffed in some way. Mine's just I didn't shave or trim for <laughs> a weeks.
3: Yeah, I think I'm going on months at this yeah. point to yeah. where I haven't uh, shaved it or trimmed it. Uh, sometimes I have it tied up nicely into to different things. But today I'm just uh, letting it out there.
2: Well, speaking of letting it out there, Tony Nese left it there by losing to Jake Atlas in a uh, in a round robin match in the uh, Cruiserweight Championship Tournament. Nese was in there basically as a spoiler anyway. He lost two of his matches uh, and Atlas needed the win here to move forward, and that's exactly what happened. Jake hits a snap German suplex into a Shining Wizard. He also gets a treat of woad, and Nice unleashes a series of uh, chops on your boy, Jake Atlas. But he ends the match with that cartwheel tornado DDT off the top rope. Atlas, is uh, he's still in this, two and one. Do you, uh, you think he might get into a, uh, a draw with... Uh, with uh, Drake
4: Maverick, who's 1-1, Alex? Yeah, the, the, the thing about this is I'm not really sure. What, what they teased with a, the with a Jake Atlas interview was that if Jake could beat Tony Nese, and then he did, and Drake Maverick could somehow beat Kushida, all three of them would be 2-1 with losses in a round-robin tournament to each other. So they would have to do, I guess, a sudden death triple threat to see who wins Group A. Um, meanwhile, forever loser on Raw, Akira Tozawa is running away <laughs> with Group B, uh, and seems like he can't possibly lose that. Like even if he loses to Phantasma, they—I mean, I don't—I don't know how that would—I I don't know how it would work. I mean, It's—it's it's a weird. The whole round robin thing is odd. When you have guys like mathematically eliminated as in um, like Jack Gallagher won a match tonight, we'll get to it, but he couldn't have won the tournament, mm-hmm. even if he had won the match. So it feels like why even like, I guess just to play spoiler, it's a very odd format that never gets used in WWE. And I think in other companies where they do use round Robin often, they know how to book it better so that it makes sense. <laughs> In This case, it's kind of like convoluted. We're not really sure who, uh, uh, on, honestly, had they not fired Drake Maverick right before this thing started, I feel like he absolutely would have been crushed three times in a row. Oh, you think and it would have played up for comedy and they wouldn't have done anything with it. But because they fired him and they had that really emotional thing, they were like, now we gotta find a way to make him win a match versus Kushida somehow. So I, let's find out how they book that. That'll be fun, yeah. It, it 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 really feels. I I still I
2: still I'm still not quite sure how to feel about the whole Drake Maverick thing because it really does feel like a like a situation where we're like, oh we could have done something very interesting with this guy. Uh, hmm, we sort of painted ourselves into in, into a corner here. Gosh darn it! But anyway, uh, we have the undisputed era who are having a Zoom call. Not quite on the uh, not quite on the level of the. Uh, uh, the uh, Bubbly Bunch or anything like that, but still fun. Kyle O'Reilly's growing in a great beard as well. They put over uh, they put over the uh, Velveteen, Velveteen Dream's loss last week to Adam Cole, and they wonder what's up with Dexter Loomis, and they sort of figure something has to be done with Loomis, so they all sort of sit there, and they're like, okay, so who should go after Dexter Loomis? Everyone say it at once who it should be, and they all go for Roddy! And of course, it's Roderick <laughs> Strong, because... He right Jeremy it has to be Roderick cuz he's the guy who throws himself in front of the bus for everyone. He takes the bullet for everyone. He's uh, he's the you know, he's the goof.
4: Yeah.
3: I don't know if he's the goof, but I mean they they've been teasing the undisputed air Roderick Strong tension for I feel like a year now and Nothing has come of it, and I'm fine with that. Like I'm fine with this long-term tease and stuff. So it certainly does make sense that Roderick Strong would uh, step in front of the bus here and take on Dexter. But, Loomis. but he's
2: done that before. Uh, cheers to your uh, to your compadre behind you. The uh, but Roderick Strong has done this a, a few times, like you know stepping in to defend Adam Cole and stuffs. Like no, no, Adam, I got this. You know, you you stand back. And we've seen him want to take this spot, right, Alex? I mean, this is this is right. This is. To me, this is kind of long term storytelling. They're being very consistent.
4: Yes, no, I, I agree. Uh, in order to further the dissension in the ranks, though, I would have loved it in mid like, Okay, ready. Everybody say who's supposed to fight Dexter Loomis on three. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. And the other three guys say Roddy. And then a beat later. <laughs> a beat later Roddy goes Adam no 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 me me I'm yeah, I'm I'll do it sure why not I'll totally fight the creepy dude who looks like he's a serial killer that's awesome yeah me I'll, I'll do it I'm Roddy I'll, I'm great like I feel like Roddy should be a little bit more like uh, I'm not so sure about this guys but that's that's great I will say not my joke totally stole it but they need to start calling this the Bebe bunch because that's <laughs> That's it's obviously a ripoff. Um so give it a give it a funny name, you know. We get a uh,
2: nicely done uh video package for Carrion Cross and Scarlet. I'm gonna get used to Carrion Cross. It all it was all I almost said killer. I'll get used to it. Um <laughs> which was very well done. And they're gonna wreak havoc, of course. That's what they're there for. let also get a quick
3: They used they used the uh, the "End Is Near" song. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. It, it it I, I was tricked because I hadn't heard it forever. I honestly thought it it was the song they were ripping off, the the Doors, uh, the End. Um, but it's it's the it's it's from that from the old Armageddon pay per view. Yeah. I think. Yeah, uh, I think
3: I don't know. I don't know if they used it for Invasion or not. But they yeah, it was definitely an Armageddon pay per view yeah, that they used th-
4: it that, for that was really, really, really well done. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Like it it it, 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 Tommaso Ciampa has been gone a long time from the time he got sneak attacked, uh, by Karrion Cross. So, uh, right now I just like this, I, I got, I, I got about like two, two more weeks in me before I started <laughs> saying, okay, now I need a Tommaso Ciampa versus Karrion Cross match. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm fine right now. Next week, I'll be less fine. The week after that, I'll be like, okay, seriously, guys. <laughs> seriously. I need this match.
2: Well, you know, speaking of Armageddon and old pay-per-views, Degeneration generation X proudly brought to us an announcement that the next NXT TakeOver, which is going to be held on June 2nd, 7th, excuse me, is going to be called NXT TakeOver in your house because we are all... In our house, they even uh, premiered the logo, with, uh, which is a combination of the NXT logo with the old school in-your-house uh, logo. Throwback left off a super chat in that regard. Thank you very much, Throwback. It says, nostalgia has kicked in with the announcement of TakeOver in your house. What are your guys' favorite in-your-house matches you have seen? Also, with the matches being set up, which matches are you seeing being very interesting and how will it play out? Um... As for me, uh, uh, I, I don't think you can go wrong by saying uh, Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker at Bad Blood, right? Jeremy, do you have one that sticks out?
3: Uh? Uh, an easy one is the the Canadian Stampede match. My personal is uh, Shawn Michaels and Mick Foley at, I guess, Mankind at uh, MyNames.
4: Sure. Love that match. Alex, what about you? It, is, it has been a long time since I have watched them in your house pay-per-view. <laughs> Oh, a long, long time. I don't remember what matches were on there. The one you said, though, the the Michaels and Undertaker, which I did not re- remember as being an In Your House pay per view. I remember it being. I remember it being a good match. I didn't remember it was an In Your House.
2: It one. was. Uh, but uh, as, as things are starting to set up right now, Alex, since you're the mostly the NXT guy, to follow up on Throwback's question, uh-huh. how do you feel things are being set up right now for for Takeover? Do you see? Do you see some long-term booking leading us into a couple of weeks from now? <laughs> well, I
4: don't th- I don't know how you could do long-term booking, <laughs> considering they announced it today and it's two weeks from now or whatever, three weeks from now. Um I I think that that there's there should be some great stuff. Personally, I I think you gotta do a carry and cross Tommaso Ciampa match on that mm-hmm. show. Uh tonight, we'll talk about it when they get to it. But Johnny Gargano fully called out Keith Lee. So that's probably something. You're gonna have I'm I'm guessing Rhea versus Charlotte, too. Or my personal preference, Charlotte did what she was supposed to do, does, does next week what she was supposed to do back in March, and gets involved in that match that was supposed to be between Rhea and Bianca. Like, make that match be a, be a no contest so both of them face Charlotte. So it's going to be Io versus Rhea versus Charlotte. So that way Charlotte can lose the NXT title and F off back to Raw and SmackDown since there's a brand invitation. <laughs> and of course, the queen's going to get an invitation from both brands every week. So I just want my 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 old NXT women's division back. Um, and personally, I would have EO become the champion so we can run back Eo, EO versus Candice with the baby face and the feuds swapped. Um, but yeah, I, I I I'm 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 looking forward to all
2: of this. Rob Wilkins leaves us a super chat. Thank you very much. Rob says, if they don't bring back Pettengill for in your house, we riot. Well, I will anyway. Mike Tyson thought the Attitude Era was dead. hashtag Hulbert <laughs> fears Lambert. Uh, obviously, we're going to talk about the Mike Tyson stuff a little later on. But uh, yeah, it, it is the the nostalgia is kicking in, isn't it?
3: Ella. They had uh they had Petengale on the bump today. Really, I'm, I'm literally the only person who watches. I was this gonna show, say but...
2: your bump <laughs> references. Right now you're schooling us, man.
3: <laughs> Look, I, I got a Oscar cut a good promo, did a good interview on the show. There's news to be covered. The bump has news, so I've gotta I've gotta watch the bump. But yeah, Pettingill was on there sharing some uh, old stories and stuff, and they brought back the guy who. Uh, won the house the, the first time he was 11 years really? old when he won the house yes
2: wow is this is it still up like like is it does the house still exist or has it been like oh, turned down? Or i didn't actually on? listen to oh you didn't i didn't listen to okay. him talk i just oh <laughs> <laughs> i was wondering is the house still there has it been converted to condos is it a parking lot or whatever i, I hope that kid still lives in it
3: <laughs> I, I think they gotta like they've gotta give away a house for this in your house, right? Otherwise, why why are you doing exactly.
2: this? Exactly, what's the point? Uh, JJ Lee <laughs> left us a super chat. Thank you very much. Says after War Games and In Your House, NXT becoming the land of reviving dead IP. Sign me up for Takeover Cyber Sunday. <laughs> I'd be good with that. Give me a good old fashioned uh, NXT uh, Takeover
4: Judgment Day. Uh, NXT would be absolutely the best um uh of the three brands to do a the fans get to decide who's wrestling each other tonight like that would be kind of cool if on twitter you could vote who faces each other that would be nxt i'm sure the roster nxt would have a field day with that too that'd be so much fun so that honestly no kidding bring that back that'd be great we
2: get a Dakota Kai uh, video segment with uh, Raquel Gonzalez, so that's good stuff. Just reminding us that they're they're nasty heels looking out for each other.
4: Next, we get and Raquel oh. Don- Gonzalez drives a Harley. Yeah, so you know she's a bad. And of ass, course, she drives a motorcycle. Th- and then they get rid of the
2: jeans, right? And the and the and the chaps and the bull rope and everything. It's, but it's, then they I, have her drive the I, Harley, I,
4: right? I I know you miss the chaps and the bull rope. But if she has still had them, she would have had to ride a horse into the segment. And that would have been weird looking. Weird or awesome. Because. Both. 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 Because
2: since we're on the subject of awesome, Grind Time Mania is running wild. Cameron Grimes (laughs) defeated Finn Balor. The hat. It's a hat trick tonight, folks. And Grimes was all business. He just dove right in. Tried to get the cave-in straight off the bat. Finn Balor's like, ah, ah, son. This was a fight, though. It was very, very physical. Uh, Balor got lots of stumps and used a lot of kicks on Grime. But then Damien Priest sort of rose from behind some barricades to, to interfere. And he attacks Finn Balor with his nightstick, which allows your boy Cameron to get the win with the cave-in. So... I would consider this a clean win, but that's just me. I may be biased. Alex, what do you, what do you have any thoughts on all of these shenanigans?
4: Um, uh, I think it's, I think it's cool that that Grimes, you know, gets a, a victory over Finn Balor. Uh, he'll always be able to say that. Um, obviously it was not without some help, but he won't be, he won't pay that any mind. Um, Balor is protected because he was attacked, uh, in this thing. I think it is funny that uh the old punishment martinez uh damian priest um if you actually look at the timeline the the night that he attacked um keith lee and hit him in the throat and caused him to have a a bruised larynx <laughs> um, the night that he attacked him during was was during a tag match he had Teaming with Velveteen Dream versus the UE. The only reason they had that match was because they were scheduled to have a match, Velveteen Dream versus Finn Balor, but they couldn't because Finn Balor had been attacked backstage. So if it's if it's Damian Priest to attack Finn Balor, he attacked Finn Balor backstage and then later that same night attacked Keith Lee. Like he's shooting his shot everywhere. <laughs> I want a feud with everybody. So I'm gonna start attacking people willy-nilly with this club I carry around. I got to respect it, man. Like he, he's got a plan. It's indiscriminate, but it's a plan. Like just attack everybody. You see and one of them's going to get in a feud with you. Anakin
2: late uh, leaves us another super chat again. Thank you very, very much. Says how long can they pause on Finn and Walter before they decide to not do it? Jeremy, would you have any thoughts on that? Cause it has been a while and it was something we were looking for. It's a
3: marquee match. I mean, I just wonder what they're doing. I guess they're doing Finn and Damian Priest now, so sure. Um, I mean, they're going to have to pause until Walter can make it over. Otherwise, they don't really have a choice in the matter at this point.
2: Throwback leaves us another super chat. Thank
3: you very much, Throwback.
2: says Dakota and Raquel could be NXT women's tag team uh, if done right and can go after the women's titles down the line. The uh, women's tag titles have been on NXT uh, have been on NXT once, uh, as compared to many times on SmackDown and Raw. Yeah, I mean, Alex, you know you you know it. I know it. It's not as if they have all that many tag teams up on main roster for uh, Bliss Cross Applesauce to defend, right?
4: Yeah, it, especially now that Asuka is basically a singles wrestler. Um, so the, the Kabuki Warriors. I mean, you, there's nothing wrong with having them have a have a a tag team match every now and then, but it feels like they're definitely doing Asuka as a singles wrestler now. So they had to bring back the Iconics. There was nobody else for, for Bliss and Cross to face. Um, so, uh, yeah, absolutely. Bliss uh, Bliss and Cross or the Iconics, if they managed to beat them for the titles. Uh, coming down to, to NXT, where where all of them were, like they actually have that kind of uh, connection, it's too bad they wouldn't be doing in front of a full sale crowd who would totally mark out for any of those women to coming back. Um, yeah. The NXT titles are supposed to, the ta- women's tag team titles are supposed to float across all three brands. They just never float to Wednesdays.
2: Anakin left us another super chat. says, did uh, you guys hear HBK and Foley break down their mind games match on Edge and Christian's podcast? It was amazing. Was this recent or was this a while back? Cause Otherwise, I'm not
3: aware that Edge and Christian are back to doing their podcast. Yeah, it would have to have been a while back because they haven't done their podcast since like last yeah. November when the Edge retirement yeah. rumor or return rumors came back up. Uh, I did not hear that episode. I did love Edge and Christian's podcast. I've not heard that, but I will go back and listen to it because it sounds, sounds like amazing. a lot of fun.
2: Um, Isaiah Swerve Scott uh, backstage cuts a promo says uh, for him, it's a win or go home tonight. And he says, if you can't win a match in this tournament, you should quit wrestling. So that leads into his match with Jack Gallagher for the, in the cruiserweight, uh, in the cruiserweight titled, uh, tournament, but Tony Nice comes out and attacks Scott before the match, taking offense to that comment because Tony Nice is Owen three. Gallagher then takes control of the match uh for most of the match uh Scott uh Swerve tries to hit the, or actually hits the house call uh pin uh, attempts a pin on Gallagher who kicks out Gallagher, Gallagher knocks Scott the hell out with a vicious back elbow and uh and wins the match so he's one in two uh Gallagher uh, Gallagher and Scott are both one in two. And uh, Tazawa and uh, um, Phantasma are two and uh, no Tazawa is two and no oh, excuse me, and Hiko is one and one. So this is an interesting field, Alex. When you look at uh, at what's coming up, uh, any feelings on how this is going to play out?
4: well number one i don't I think that the the house call should be a much more protective finisher that thing looks so vicious every time he hits it and it feels like it gets kicked out of more mm-hmm. often than not at this point uh even when he wins matches it doesn't feel like he wins with that move like it just looks so brutal um i i i, I i'm I am one who says that Swerve Scott should be much higher up the card in nXT than he is right now. I think that he's just great um and I, I respect the story that they're going for. Like, his mouth got him in trouble. Nice took offense to that umbrage. By the way, Tony Niece being booked to lose three straight matches is not really respectful of a dude who was Cruiserweight champion, won it at Mania, never, never got pinned to lose the title because he lost, lost it in a multi-man match. That's, to me, it's, it's very disrespectful to, to book him to lose three straight matches. One to Drake Maverick and one to Jake Atlas, who's like t- a total rookie at NXT, uh, so anyway, um, I I think that him versus Gallagher and Nice or Gallagher and Nice kind of joining forces to be like the bad badass dudes who like to you know like pick on dudes who aren't original cruiserweight classic mm-hmm. guys. I think that's kind of cool. <sighs> this whole thing, I mean, I guess if Phantasma beats Tazawa, mm-hmm. they're both two and Correct. one but Phantasma owns the tiebreaker because he beat Tozawa in their match, so would Phantasma then automatically win? Do they, the th- they They haven't explained do anything. They ha-
2: that's what I was going to say. Have they explained? Are there tiebreaker rules? Are we, Or are we just assuming that we're applying G1 tiebreaker rules here? We don't know.
4: Uh, <laughs> that's I don't know.
2: fantastic. That's exactly how I feel most of the time when I try and think about WWE. Caden <laughs> Carter defeated Aaliyah. It was something. Caden Carter had some good offense though, if for if you know, as far as an enhancement match goes. She had a nice springboard dropkick. I like her finisher. Uh but ultimately it was Aliyah's desire to impress uh uh Robert Stone that got her in trouble.
4: Okie doke. Like the thing about this that was funniest to me. Was before the commercial, and then at the start of the match, they were like, "This match is brought to you by Geico. Geico brought to you this match." And like, I don't think Geico's too happy with which match you decided (laughs) to give them on the night. Of all the matches you could have given them, you could have given them like Thatcher versus Riddle, but no. We're like, okay, uh, Geico, your your sponsorship gets you Caden Carter versus the bronze. They're on the bronze level. Spends
2: at the sponsorship. That's the thing. You need to tear up a little. Um, next, we had a, a, a promo. We went to have dinner at the Gargano's again. Um, <laughs> and you know what? There's something extremely entertaining of thinking that Candace and Johnny sit down at their dinner table, flip out the iPad, and start watching their matches and gushing over <laughs> each other. I think it's great. I, I I was entertained by this segment. He calls Dominic Dijakovic – Dominic Dijagovic? Goofic. <laughs> Uh, calls himself a stud. I, uh, this this was funny. Uh, of course, they went into their dark black and white areas a couple of times. Johnny says that if you get in our business, it is our way or none. Uh, she, uh, Candice calls out Mia Yim for getting countless opportunities despite losing all the time. Gargano calls out Keith Lee. Although in the meantime, Gargano called her match. Uh, Candice's match with uh, Casey Cananzaro, a five-star match on the Gargano scale, and <laughs> said... She's not a ninja. Uh, and Candace said, "Well, I defeated her. She's a ninja." Johnny says, "No." Or Johnny sh- says, uh, "She's a ninja." Uh, Candace says, "No, she's not a ninja. No. She's a warrior." No, she's not a warrior. Well, she's an American. No. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's American. That's,
4: okay, that's okay, she is an American. <laughs> yes. I thought that was very funny. Uh, I, I, I don't. I have not formed a full, concrete opinion on the use of the weird bleeding effect and the black and white when they turn to the camera and get all dark and serious. Like, I'm, I don't know if I, I know I don't love it,
0: but I don't. Say goodbye.
4: Know yet if I hate it. So I'm still in that weird middle ground. Um, but I, I do like what they're saying. Like everything that they're the best villains mm-hmm. are the ones that make sense. And I love that Johnny Gargano knows from experience that they see everyone loves you, Keith Lee, right now, but they're not gonna love you forever. And I think that that, that totally makes perfect sense um also i'm i'm selfish i've been wanting the gargano versus keith lee thing since mm-hmm. gargano turned heel and i'm i'm glad we're gonna get it uh and also candice le speaks perfect truth when she says why is mia yim get things <laughs> mia, mia yim is good and fine good for her but every time she gets an opportunity she blows it what, what was the last opportunity that that candice le got i don't remember one it's been a long long time
2: it has been a long time, oh. and like we said, it does uh, it does add credence. That's for sure. Um, moving on to our main event, where we had Tim uh, Matt Riddle defeating Timothy Thatcher. Um, this was this was all about catch wrestling, grappling. That's what we got here, and it was a a hard, snug time, folks. Uh, the Thatcher gets uh, Riddle into an arm bar with a knee early on, where he just crushes. Just crushes it on the side of uh, of Riddle's head. Uh, Thatcher nullifies Riddle's power power offense over and over. He stomps his foot, locks in a cross face. Riddle rolls into submissions. Honestly, I'm thinking about Sean this entire time, and I'm like, Sean would just be going crazy right now reviewing this right here. Um, Thatcher works the ankle. Riddle power bombs Thatcher out of a triangle. Hits the bro to sleep. The fro- the floating bro is countered by Thatcher with the Fujiwara armbar and it it's a painful looking one at that uh but uh it all comes to the uh, to an end when riddle is in a leg submission and Thatcher and he like they they try to jockey for position tries to uh, sort of get out of the uh, out of the submission but riddle instead sort of leans back gets Thatcher's shoulders pinned gets the 3 count and i really like this finish alex and the match as well i thought it was a good main event
4: The match uh, was everything that you would expect a Timothy Thatcher versus Matt Riddle match to be, which is to say, like, two technical dudes, like, trying to murder each other via arms being torn out of sockets. Like, it's just, like, you're going to die because you're going to be in pain so much, you're going to will yourself to commit spontaneous suicide. Like, that's what these guys are when they fight each other. This felt this was one of those things where like if it had been in right in front of the right indie crowd, it would have just gotten people just on their feet the whole time. And it's weird to do this match in front of nobody because it's just, it's, this match is all based on like just wonderfully like take, like pulling people's arms and and wrenching people's ankles and, Oh, you got a counter for that. Well, I got a counter for your counter and you got a counter for my counter to your first counter. Like, that's really cool. And it, I feel like you've got to have people there who are reacting in the moment to those things. Um, but it was great, and I, I, I agree with you. I, um, I love, I love the finish. Uh, Thatcher was in control, but Riddle had one more counter that that worked, and that was it. And then you get the real ending, which is Thatcher trying to again. Murder riddle versus very via arm pain after the match. He yeah. just
2: locks the, uh, the arm bar in again and just won't let go. I'm gonna be honest, I really thought this was setting up uh Thatcher to join Imperium. I really did because so they, they sure left
4: that open, of course, for down the
2: road. Because he did, you know, when when Thatcher was mad, he did say, Oh, you're having me doing game shows and doing all this silly garbage with flip flops and. You know, uh-huh. and that's Imperium's MO, right? They they want to protect the sanctity of the ring and all that stuff. So, hey, we're not done yet with that. JJ Lee left us a super chat, says, Did NXT feel more fun tonight than normal to anyone else? That's one area it's fallen behind AEW, the fun factor. I felt that tonight. Alex, final thoughts
4: on the show? You uh, know, yeah going in an interesting direction i mean like it did it did feel fun um uh, there was a lot of stuff that uh was absent uh like they're they're keeping things on the back burner but you can't you can't just throw everything out there immediately all all every week because you're not going to have anything (laughs) for the next week like these these shows you need to you need to pace yourself there's not there's no reason you can't have two guys who are a little further down the card have a surprise 18 minute banger you know like whoa i didn't i didn't expect this match to be that good because i tell you all the guys and girls in the p in the pc if you say you give us your best 17 and a half minutes they'll be like ooh, challenge <laughs> accepted like i can't i want them to start doing that with these people because they have that opportunity you know and and they should do it more often Throwback leaves us another super chat. Again, thank you very much
2: Throwback says the Gargano promo is Leave it to Beaver meets the Shining. Here's Johnny. I like that. <laughs> once they start once yeah. they start uh <laughs> typing the same words over and over. Though these days it would be a little yeah, more you know. little less dramatic. They just have to copy paste stuff. Avery Dunn says here's a super <laughs> chat vote for Warren on Quizzlemania. Hey, if you want to see me lose miserably, that'll be fine. But if you don't want to lose miserably, to pass up the chance of having your statement read online as we're doing the recording here, leave us a super chat just like Avery Dunn did, didn't Dunn did? Thank you very much. We're going to move on to AEW Dynamite now. Which I like how proud I, for of for a, for a you fraction of that. a second, and then and and then the cold shower of shame <laughs> fell over me. Lance Archer. Uh, Lance Archer comes out beating up a dude, and this seems to be his thing over the past couple of weeks. He just grabs a random dude as he's coming out uh, to the ring and just tosses him around. He comes out with Jake Roberts, who uh, says he he's coming to the ring to make an apology. He was asked to make an apology, I should say, and he's going to make an apology as soon as Brandy kisses his ass. This is a no man's land for any you jerks, he said. He says a woman is good at home wiping baby's butts cooking and occasionally keeping him warm And he says uh, especially that what was it that one woman who who uh, keeps him warm because Lance's work in the ring gets him excited Jeremy, did you did you get the promo?
3: Uh, it was a little all over the place. I would imagine that people are not happy with uh, his comments towards women. Uh, was it all necessary? Probably not. But you know, it's a uh, it's old man, Jake Roberts. Uh, he thinks the women should be in a home. Many people think Jake Roberts <laughs> should be in a home. So for you know, there you go. I yeah, I, I like that Lance Archer just throws people around because everybody dies. Like, if he just runs into you backstage, you're like, all right, you're coming out with me, and I'm just going to beat you um, up.
2: It, You know, it's, it's heat. Like you said, he's an old guy, the boomerest of boomers, right? So you're like, eh. But you can't help but feel like it's a little cheap, but it's Jake Roberts, and it works. He tries to con...
3: He's doing a Jim Cornette gimmick. There you
2: go. Minus... Uh, Minus the uh, the real offensiveness. Um, he's trying to finish off his promo, but then we hear a motor revving. And we're wondering what the hell is going on. And the camera cuts to the side of, uh, of the stage and Cody's in an F-150 revving the motor. <laughs> and then he charges towards the ring with his F-150, but then slowly s- he starts to slow down. And taps into a barricade and gently knocks it over. <laughs> he comes out. This is so corny. Out, he brawls with Lance Archer. Uh, it ends in a stalemate where they're both staring at each other. I think corny is the right word here, Jeremy.
3: It was... Look, I love the brawl. I thought the brawl was really well done. Obviously, Cody would be upset after what happened to his wife last week. He should have protected his wife last week. Mm-hmm. He was in the building. <laughs> the truck stuff it was like stone cold diet light yeah. it was so corny and then the brawl stuff was good but that the truck stuff could have been cut out
2: uh, and, and that's the thing with cody right there's like there's a lot of stuff of his that works but there's also a lot of stuff that you're just like really you just, <laughs> this is what you decided to do uh anyway but it, it started off then it started off the evening that was good um we get a video package putting over the tag team division which I think is a good idea. Uh is it perhaps setting the stage for a new arrival maybe but uh you know I think that over the past few weeks since there haven't been all of the uh, since all of the tag team division hasn't been available in their wrestling uh even for for us who follow wrestling every week it was good to just be reminded that you know, uh, that uh, AEW has teams like Private Party and the Young Bucks and Santana and Ortiz, a CU, Dark Order, Lucha Bros, Jurassic Express, Best Friends. I, You know, it, it was what it was, but, you know, you sort of take a step back and you're like, hot damn, this is stacked,
3: right? It was a good video and the Private Party mention was necessary because apparently they're in a number one contenders bout at Double or Nothing. Um, I don't know how that came about, but it did, so I I'm fine with these videos. Remind people who you have on the show, especially during these times when not everybody uh, can be used on the show.
2: Anakin uh, left us a super chat says Jeremy should avenge Sean on Quizle and Put his beard on the line. If he loses, he donates it to Pete, who lost his beard and his eyebrows tonight. I mean, there's 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 quite a bit of beard to go around. There's you, you can get creative with it.
3: I am shaving this beard for charity once this whole thing ends, so this is a, it, there is a reason why it's looking like this. There is an end game here. Lee Lewis left us a super chat as well. say hey, Jeremy Warren and Alex,
2: how are you guys tonight? Are you playing video games during quarantine? We should play online sometime LOL. Uh, I'm splitting my time between Animal Crossing and Final Fantasy 7 remake, quite honestly, and Final Fantasy Remake 7 is awesome. What are you guys up to? Jeremy,
3: what are you playing these days? Uh, if you have a PlayStation Four, I'll gladly play some 2K NBA, not WWE 2K NBA, 2K with you online. Alex, uh,
4: I I I play a lot of Red Dead Redemption because it's it's much it's much more soothing to imagine myself as a cowboy than <laughs> it living in this world. <laughs> um,
2: the best friend. Uh, Sorry. Yes, that's right. Okay. Yes, it is the uh, Jurassic Express versus Best Friends match that is next. I don't know why. I got confused for a second. Um, and, and here's something that was interesting. They were putting over the fact, this is what I like about the rankings, Jeremy. Um, they, they mentioned the rankings here a couple of times saying Best Friends are number two, Jurassic F- uh, Express are at number four. Helps make this match feel important. And then on top of that, they're saying, you know, Dark Order uh, haven't been around. They've been stuck because of the the uh, uh, because of the, uh, the quarantines. They can't compete, so they might not stay in their number one rank. Yeah, I, I like this because just by talking about all that stuff, instantly right there, suddenly Jurassic Express versus Best Friends, which is technically a
3: throwaway match, suddenly got a little more interesting. I have my own issues with the AEW rankings, but they do try to highlight the importance of them. If you want the real AEW rankings every Thursday, Fightful, 3 o'clock, the real sports AEW power rankings. <laughs> anyway,
2: in this uh in this match here, Jungle Boy just ate it until Luchasaurus got a hot tag. Uh, but he gets uh, suplexed on the floor by the uh, best friends. Uh as they do as the best friends do their, their hug, jungle boy does a topic on hilo right onto them, after followed by a tornado DDT. But then Orange Cassidy is teasing uh teasing to uh to interfere in the match but then all of a sudden, Ray Phoenix flies in with a Liu Kang kick across Orange Cassidy's head. And n j f attacks Jungle Boy. Wardlow takes out Marco Stunt. And Chucky T hits the awful waffle for the win. Best friends win here, but uh, set up a couple of stories, couple of angles. Phoenix flying in out of nowhere. Man, I was not expecting
3: that, Jeremy. That ruled. Uh, glad to see Phoenix back. He's awesome. I can't wait for Orange Cassidy Phoenix next week. Um, I don't know how Orange Cassidy is going to play with no audience chanting this is awesome uh, at his kick. So maybe the the AEW talent will, will chant this is awesome for him. But that match should be great. I'm assuming it'll get some time. And then, yeah, you got MJF Jungle Boy and potentially Luchasaurus and, and Wardlow getting set up here and Best Friends win. I thought this was going to earn them a title shot, but I guess they got to beat Private Party now at the on the buy-in to get a title shot. But the the match accomplished a few things and it was good.
2: Absolutely. I like the fact that they, that it set up quite a, it, it set up at least two matches, right? He kept, uh, kept the heat on two matches leading into double or nothing. I like it. think it's good. Moxariza arrives uh, at the arena and he doesn't want to talk because he's John Moxley and he's mad.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Meanwhile, we get uh, not meanwhile afterwards, we get a match for the uh, women's four way where Hikaru Shida defeated Penelope Ford, Chris Statlander and Britt Baker. Put over the fact that Hikaru Shida is, uh, has been 11 weeks, the number one contender for the women's title. Now, just as a few moments ago I put over the, uh, the rankings, Jeremy, here I'm going to go like, so why hasn't she got a title shot before this? Why did she have to compete in this match to get a title shot if she has been 11 weeks at number one?
3: Yeah, th- this is where my issues with the ranking, the women's division is just, you have women who are under 500 in the top five it's the nba east um or the WWE tag division whichever one you want to call it um But Sheeta gets the win here. She should have gotten the title after she beat Britt Baker. That would have been an easy time to give her a title shot. But, of course, Nyla Rose wasn't back until last week. She solidifies her spot here. And I thought, I mean, you can go through the match, but I thought it was good, a little kind of spotty, but overall good.
2: I agree. It wasn't wasn't quite as tight as some offerings that we've seen over the past couple of weeks. Uh, Chris Statlander goes after uh, Britt Baker at some point. Pulling out her nose, and Jr. calls it a Greco-Japanese nostril lock, <laughs> which made me laugh. Um, Baker nails Statlander with a super kick as she went for the Big Bang Theory on as uh, as she went for the Big Bang Theory on Sheeta. Baker then hits Sheeta with a knee strike before hitting Statlander with a destroyer, which was cool. Ford at some point makes out with Kip Sabian on the apron. Okay. But uh, Sheeta kicks uh, Kavian. Uh, Kavian. I keep calling him Kavian. Kip Sabian. Sabian off the off the apron. There's a falcon arrow that follows that poison rana that Ford did on Statlander was scary good. Sheeta wins the match in the ring, but uh, but why? In the meantime, is Britt Baker putting the lockjaw on the outside on Chris Statlander? Doesn't she want to win the match too? That, that that was kind no. of weird
3: to me. No, here's the reason. Okay, Warren. tell me. Here's the please. reason. Because pearly whites are more important than shiny gold, and Britt Baker didn't was not impressed with Chris Statlander's teeth and wanted to correct that. I like. Okay.
2: I <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like the uh, I like the rubber glove gimmick as well. But my takeaway from this match here is when Jr. said, uh, you know, that we all know that uh, all women hate each other. Which was, uh, yeah, which was something he said because we all know that, right, Alex? We know all women hate each other.
4: I mean, yeah, my, my wife hates everybody. Sure. I mean, just just a very hateful person. If you if if you are also in possession of a Y chromosome, my wife just seethes with just just a despicable, raging hatred. It's, it, it's hard. It's, frankly, it's, it makes me uncomfortable when we go out in public. That's why I'm very happy we're all quarantined. Because when my wife sees another woman, she just starts just going red in the face. Just I, I hate her so much. Because as we know from Jim Ross, all women hate each other.
2: Um, next, we got uh, Santana and Ortiz versus uh, uh, Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy. And this match was something else. Santana and Ortiz ambush uh, Omega during his entrance. Matt took his sweet time before coming out, like you know, sort of let his partner eat a couple of uh, eat a couple of moves before that. But when Hardy finally does come out, he uh, chews at Santana's ear and he draws blood. So I'm wondering if he has been if he's been talking to Shayna Baszler recently. Uh, I like that um, Omega and Hardy hit a variation of the poetry in motion from the Hardy Boys that always that. They've been doing that for the... Uh, they did that last week as well. Like makes me chuckle. Santana and Ortiz have been fantastic in this match. Uh, absolutely, absolutely great. Hardy gets flipped over the top rope at some point and his back lands really hard on the side of the apron followed by a dive by Santana. Santana, though, eats a twist of fate and boy, did he sell it. There's a cutter by Santana that follows and a shotgun dropkick by Ortiz and a cannonball Santan again by Santana on Omega. Omega counters, did a sweet counter of the Street Sweeper with a Hurricane Rana, which was fantastic. Match starts boiling down when Sammy Guevara comes out with a neck brace because he was run over last week. He's got a neck brace and he's leaning on a chair to come to the ring. They kick the, the, uh, the chair out of his hands. Matt twist of fate's him and hits a super twist of fate off the corner after a V-trigger by Omega to win the match. Not sure why Sammy Guevara interfered at all, but this match ruled, Jeremy.
3: Sammy Guevara had to sell his injuries from from last week. The golf cart caused more damage than, um, I guess, a six-foot fall onto a second roof. Great match. Very strong match. Uh, (laughs) Popped Alex with that one.
4: (laughs) secondary roof is always going <laughs> to pop me
3: for the rest of time. Uh, yeah, great match. Hardy Hardy took his time getting to the ring because he's 3,000 years old, Warren. I don't know if you know Yeah, that. I mean, you're right. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. Um... Kenny Omega is still great, great reminder of how good Santana and Ortiz are as a tag team. Mm -hmm. And that Hardy can can still do his thing, especially in a tag team division. I was a little like, all right, did Santana like it feels like they're beating Santana and Ortiz too much, especially. But Omega and Hardy lost last week, so I get they don't want him to lose two weeks in a row. Um, and then we've got the, the, the stadium stampede, which we'll, we'll get to a little bit later. So I get why Hardy and Omega went over in this one, the Guevara stuff. I think it gave them kind of an out on, on why the inner circle ended up losing here, but no issue with this match. You give four really good workers. Uh, I mean, honestly, three elite workers and one elite tag team, 18 minutes. It's, it's going to be tough for them to have anything less than a, a great match. And I mean, and I get what you're saying with Santana and Ortiz, but,
2: you know, we ran through the teams of the tag division just a few minutes ago. I mean, these are all protected teams. These are all teams that you could build a division around. It's just like, I, I mean, at some point you just have teams that have to lose. And they, they're when they put out great performances like that, I don't think it hurts them all that much. Lee Lewis left, left us a super chat. Thank you, Lee. Um, says, favorite wrestler, Jeremy Warren. Alex told me his... Ah uh, man, I don't. I there's a lot of wrestlers that I that I really like, but you know, like if I, I stand for Candice LeRae. Let's put let let's leave it at that. Jeremy, what about you? Uh, nowadays, the goat Britt Baker for sure, for sure. Anakin says, Warren, you can't reference Shayna Baszler and blood without making a uh, a vampire joke. <laughs> Listen. I can't make vampire jokes at this time of day, especially since I've started, I've stopped drinking coffee, or at least I've changed my coffee drinking habits. Now I only drink decaffeinated coffee. Thank you. Next we get. uh, (laughs) Hey, he paid for it. We get we get the announcement that uh, Sheeta will challenge uh, Nyla Rose at uh, Double or Nothing for and it's going to be a no DQ no countouts match because uh, Sheeta was cutting a promo and Nyla attacked her with a kendo stick so that's going to be something that's going to happen. MJF defeated Lee Johnson. This was a squash. After the match, he cuts a promo and he tells Jungle Boy that uh, he MJF has some serious ring rust because he was. You know, he was injured despite the fact that he's overhealed. <laughs> and it's, uh, he's uh, going to have a tune-up match against Marco Stunt, who apparently has an open contract, Jeremy. Uh, there you go.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's another. This was a tune-up match. i will get a tune-up match next week. I'm sure Stunt will surprise MJF. MJF will win. Like, he, MJF is back on television. He's doing quick matches. He's gotten promos. It's all good. I'm glad the severe hangnail has cleared up. I'm glad the Nick neck uh, was not as bad. And uh, now he's got to be worried about being overhealed because if you peak too much, you know, it can, it can cause issues when you actually get to the match. That's
2: true. You just got to be careful. Maybe, maybe it'll teach him to work safe. You know, you never know. Rob <laughs> Wilkins leaves us a super chat, says, can't help but wonder if my ex-educated Lance Archer both have a knack for fan- finding a random guy. <laughs> um Pineapple Pete cuts a promo. Yeah, I think he's abandoning the Suge D moniker. I think he's very comfortable with Pineapple Pete, and why wouldn't you use something that Chris Jericho has bestowed upon you? And we get the people's main event Pineapple Pete versus Chris Jericho. Jericho comes out with everyone in painmaker gear with a baseball bat. And he's also wearing Pineapple Pete, Pineapple Pete merch. And Pete goes all in real fast on him, but he runs right into a Judas effect, and that's the end of that. You know, Just as a quick parenthesis, you know what this reminds me of, Jeremy? The whole Pineapple Pete thing? It reminds me of that WCW story of Chris Jericho and Bill Goldberg when Jericho was up next to, to Job to Goldberg, And he was like, look, if I'm going to get a job by this guy, I'm at least going to make it entertaining. And he was trying to get Goldberg to feud with him. But Goldberg didn't want, uh, despite Jericho going on television and actually trying to play it up, and avoided the squash altogether because Goldberg didn't take him seriously. I find like this is kind of the same situation where suddenly Pineapple Pete is the the bud of Jericho's jokes. And uh, maybe he was set up to lose to Jericho. And they were like, hey, you know what? Let's make this fun. Let's at least get – because Pineapple Pete at this point, man, he's made on the indies. He's going to get bookings right and left.
3: Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. It's it's unfortunate that nobody's running right now because Pineapple Pete has a, a great gimmick where he can just go out there. He'll get the, the pop from the crowd who probably watches AEW as well, and he'd be fine. But – I don't know what's going to happen with Pineapple Pete and AEW. Maybe just get some matches on Dark some more. But it is a shame that the Indies aren't running because Pineapple Pete would be uh, great for any of those companies.
2: After, But the big story here is what happens after the match where Jericho says Paige is bushwhacking, picking berries, and the Jacksons are pouting at home. But nonetheless, he challenges the Elite to a stadium stampede match at double or nothing. In a football stadium, 80,000 seats large. We don't know what it is, but it's going to be happening at Double or Nothing. And he says, well, wait for your response. Who comes out to give the response? None other than Vanguard One, who accepts the challenge on behalf of the elite. But then Chris Jericho commits murder (laughs) live on television and... Using his baseball bat that he has named Floyd, destroys a broken universe. Stalwart completely eliminates Vanguard One from eternity. Alex, this is this is an auspicious moment in the history of our sport.
4: Yeah, I mean Vanguard One has been with us for years. Like he, he was, he was, he started the whole final deletion thing, all that stuff was was all Vanguard 1. I mean, we all know that next week or the week after, uh, Matt Hardy's going to bring out Vanguard 2, and then that'll be it. It'll be fine. But my favorite part of all of this was Matt Hardy coming down to the ring (laughs) and cradling all of the broken pieces of Vanguard 1 just crying over his dead butt bo- it reminded me of the of old action movies where like the the, the partner cops one guy takes takes take, takes a few bullets and you know cuz they hey hey uh hey man Matt I-, I can't feel my blades my helicopter blades are they still there no no you're you're fine Vanguard you're fine it's, it's totally fine hey hey Matt remember that time we went fishing just you and me we went out on that big boat and you caught you caught that big marlin That was good times, man. Hey, hey, hey! You're talking crazy, man. You're gonna be fine. Don't. Can I get a medic over here now? Hey, you're gonna be fine. Don't worry about it. Hey, 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 Matt. Matt, Everything, everything's cold, Matt. What's going on? Vanguard. I promise you, you're gonna be fine. Hey, Matt. It's weird. I only had two days to retirement. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you,
2: and And (laughs) see. Thank you for that, Alex. That also reminds me. You're welcome. Also reminds me of a chapter in Final Fantasy VII, but that's a whole. No, no spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. Uh, we get the announcement. Jeremy, walk me through this. Mike Tyson is going to be a double or nothing to present the TNT Championship to either Lance Archer or Cody Rhodes. Mike Tyson, uh, former world champion, former member of Degeneration X. Mike Tyson, former uh, uh, WWE official. Um,
3: this is uh, news. He, I mean, he's punched Chris Jericho. So uh, he's not. I, if Mike Tyson doesn't punch anybody at Double or Nothing, why, why are you bringing him in? Tyson's it's great timing. I don't know how this aligned if, if this was part of the plan all along. I would assume it was, but you know, Tyson's been doing these workout videos all week and teasing exhibition bout comebacks. MLW is like, "Hey, come here, fight low key and stuff." And then AEW just comes in like, "Yeah, we got Mike Tyson for double or nothing." So, I don't know. Again, the timing worked out great for for AEW and I'm excited to see Mike Tyson just present the title. He's got to punch somebody. If he just hands the title to Cody or Lance Archer, it's a waste of an appearance.
2: Yeah. The timing is really strange now that, you know, like everyone is sort of challenging him on TikTok and social media and stuff. It's, like, it's <laughs> I don't know if it's a coincidence. It's really weird, but Hey, okay. Well, you know, it's like someone told me on Twitter, Hey, you got a sports figure to come in and. you know, inaugurate the belt. I'm like, it's cool. You know, maybe they just couldn't get Sting. I don't know. (laughs) Just saying. Uh, Michael Morgan left us a super chat. Thank you, Michael. Says, take my money for Alex's performance. Anakin leaves us another super chat. Says, $5 for that awesome improv scene from Alex. Give that man an Oscar, damn it. (sighs) You know, I I don't want to... Pull the curtain too much, but yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure Alex was plugging away at that script.
4: The oh, ma- nothing got written down, but it was all it was all up here. <laughs> I was working on it in, in my in my old my old noggin. But thank thank you.
2: Main event time. We saw Brody Lee defeat Christopher Daniels. Brody Lee, who uh, the self proclaimed AEW World Champion, because he's running around with a belt that he stole. Lee no-sells Christopher Daniels' offense to begin with. Sends Daniel to the floor and everyone brawls there, but Daniels fights back and dives on Lee. But De- Lee stays dom- dominant for most of this match here. He even stares down the other SCU members who are in the audience. He superplexes Daniels during the commercial, which was a nice sweet spot. Also hits a slingshot sent on by Brody Lee, which always which served to remind us how mobile this guy can be. Uh, Daniel's counters with a big back body drop and a DDT, which allows Daniels to get some offense in. A Hurricane Rana and a running elbow strike. Then Ten starts running. Uh, the uh, Dark Order member Ten starts running interference, uh, but uh, SCU come in to take him out. Daniel uses a chair on uh, on Brody Lee and he locks in the Koji Clutch, but the putties run in. The referee's distracted. SCU chase him out. And so does Colt Cabana, who apparently is getting involved in this scene. Uh, Daniels hits the Angels' wings, but Lee kicks out of it at one. The discus lariat puts, uh, puts your boy Christopher Daniels away. Um, clearly, the objective here was to get Brody Lee uh, extra over as a strong, strong heel, which was the case. It was a, it was a, a physical match can't help but think that daniels was a maybe at some point a little step behind again and it's a little weird that the angels wings you know it's daniels finisher since how long has he been doing this 25 years something like that i mean it's really weird that lee kicks out of it especially at one but then again i get what they're trying to do jeremy trying to help me make sense of all of this
3: I mean, he kicked out of the Angels' wings, and he kicked out of the, the BME as well. So, yeah, the objective was to put Brody Lee over Strong, and this was a good way to do it. He's been squashing enhancement talents. This match made sense because, if you'll recall, when, you know, Christopher Daniels was always like, the, the Exalted One doesn't exist. You guys are faking all that. Um, and he came out in the robe that one time, and he did the It's Me uh, gimmick, and, you know, and then he... Stayed aligned with SCU. Cole Cabana's interference made sense too because he came out of that same night. I think that was his uh, official like debut coming out and helping SCU. So all of this stuff made sense, and the end of the end goal was to make Brody Lee because it it feels like Brody Lee is just a thrown together challenger. Sure due to circumstances. Um, so you got to put this guy over strong in the two weeks you have heading into double or nothing. And this was a, a good way to do it. You can beat Daniels. He's fine. Um, and it gives Brody Lee some, some credibility, especially kicking out of uh, Daniels big stuff. After uh, just before I go into the, after the
2: match, Anakin JMT leaves us another super chat. Thank you again. Says Warren, are they Rita's putties or Zed's putties? I want you both to weigh in on this. I say, I mean, Rita, right? They have to be Rita's. I think Rita.
3: Alex. Rita. (laughs) (laughs) Alex was disgusted that you even bothered to ask him. I mean, it's it's obvious.
2: I think it's obvious, too. Uh, The um, Mox uh, runs in after the match, uh, beats up some putties, says uh, he doesn't suffer fools, and uh, Brody Lee made a foolish decision, and he's going to pay for it dearly with interest. And that's how we wrap up AEW tonight. Any final thoughts on the evening that we had, uh, Jeremy?
3: I thought AEW. Thought it was better than NXT. Y'all are both wrong, but that's okay. Um, overall, a good show. They set up a lot for double or nothing uh they've got the majority of their roster back which is always good i think the only main players missing are hangman and the bucks everyone else is i think pretty much back i I might be missing somebody but they're like the last two weeks of aew have been very good after some of those empty arena shows just got a little uh a little lull for me
2: To wrap these up, we've got a couple of Super Chats that are on the same subject. Lee Lewis says, are you guys watching The Last Dance? It's so good. Dan Heyman says, thoughts on Undertaker documentary so far. Uh, Alex, have you had a chance to start watching it?
4: Uh, I have not been watching uh, Undertaker. I'll probably binge it once it's all done. Jeremy? Uh, And all available. No.
3: Jeremy, what about you? I mean, it's only yeah it's only been one episode of the undertaker documentary right, right. and i watched it and it was good um the the i be- i'm a i'm a sucker for any like real behind the scenes footage like that the same with the last dance like the the quotes and stuff are great but like give me all that behind the scenes sure. footage. i've
2: watched half of the first episode i'm sort of like alex like i'm i like to binge once everything is out uh but um uh especially in this context but uh I really like the first half hour. I've been into the dark side of the uh the ring stuff. If you haven't watched the Road Warriors episode, it's probably the best one they've done this season. It is so good. And what's always fantastic about these the, the dark side of the ring stuff, even if it's stories that you've heard about, you know like the one about uh, about UWF and uh, it's all stories you've heard about seeing people who were very very close to these story protagonists talk about it you see hawk's brothers there who uh, who can't contain themselves and are still crying that he's gone it's that whole human dimension that oftentimes we don't have in these stories as wrestling fans that make the series so fantastic and honestly the road warriors one was pretty damn good and i hope you thought this evening was pretty damn good leave us a thumbs up on the video here if you liked it Um, Jeremy, why don't you let everyone know where they can find you and what you got coming up this week?
3: Oh God. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Lambert, 88, the distraction myself, Joseph Holbert, who does features for Fightful three shows a week. Tuesday, we review movies starring wrestlers. We just reviewed no holds barred starring Hulk Hogan, a fantastical movie Uh, Thursdays, we actually talk wrestling. If you want to hear us talk wrestling, we're not quite on Alex's level of our disdain for all professional wrestling. Uh, But we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, We need to do a crossover, distraction, sour graps episode where we just (laughs) slam everything and we're just all miserable together. And then Saturdays, we we play TEW and we book a modern-day WWE with a little twist of some people from the past. So that series kicks off on Saturday. So three shows a week from myself and Joe Holbert. Check that out. Uh, It's a lot of fun, the stuff we do.
4: Alex, what about you? Uh yeah I uh I I I lamb based the creative or lack thereof on Mondays and and Fridays uh uh I, I, actually I do the I do the podcast on Tuesdays and uh and Saturdays so I don't have to watch that shit in real time
2: <laughs> fightfulselect.com if you want all of that great stuff what a sell alex just put on us <laughs> thank you, everyone, for joining us. you can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Warren Hayes or on my own YouTube channel at youtube.com/slash Mr. Warren Hayes. I'm recording live tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Why don't you come say hello? But thank you very much for joining us tonight on Fightful. Follow Fightful on social media if you don't. Check us out at fightful fightful.com fightfulwrestling.com. We'll see you next time